You're listening to the Melting Podcast. A little of everything from everyone everywhere. With your host, AF Grappin. Welcome to the first episode of the Melting Podcast. You may have listened to episode zero, which would give you a little bit of an idea of what to expect here. This is our first main ingredient episode. Main ingredients are never before podcast stories and can be about pretty much anything by anyone. That's, you know, the whole point of this podcast. I'd like to thank Aaron and Theo for lending their voices. Without further ado, I'm going to give you Whole Card by Scott Roche. Death walked out of the rain and into Lucky's Bar and Grill in scenic downtown Lumiere. He snuck to the table in the back room, hoping to come in under Fate's radar. The beautiful, petite Greek woman didn't miss much, though, and the lanky guy in a black members-only jacket was no exception. She cocked her head at him. It's about damn time you got here. You're always late to the game. What's up with that? He shook rain from his close-cropped white hair. His dark eyes smoldered. Don't give me any of your crap, woman. I made it here before love did. His look softened, and he gave her a friendly hug. She snorted and pushed against his chest. This'll be the first time death came before love. I can promise you that. Now sit your skinny butt down and drink. Small hands smoothed down her brief white silk dress, now rumpled from their contact. That was the nice thing about her. She always knew what you wanted. He took his place at the large round table. The pint glass waiting there was as good as a place marker. A deep pull from the Guinness elicited a sigh. The senses and appetites that came with human form were a nice change. It was the closest thing to a holiday they ever got. A pudgy, balding man with skin the color of a really good cappuccino sat across the table. His loud, ill-fitting suit was that of either a used car salesman or a recently released mental patient. Death cocked an eyebrow. So that's the best you can do, Chance? The big man shrugged, and the burnt orange jacket's seams protested. Hey, I was under the gun. What? The game happens like clockwork. Humans had monuments built just to measure the time between games. The brief period where they were off the clock was unique, to say the least. Look, Big D, some of us are a little busy. His head and double chins shook with the movement of speaking. The man in black just leveled a glare at him. Busy? I have gigs in the Middle East you wouldn't believe. You don't know from busy. The scent of sandalwood and musk stopped their arguments from going further. Both heads swiveled towards the flimsy partition wall that separated them from the restaurant. The woman's strawberry blonde hair fell to her waist in even rings. Her blue eyes sparkled with merriment. Hello, boys. Death felt the biological urges of his borrowed frame try to take over as his eyes wandered over her tight blue jeans and diaphanous white t-shirt. He shook his head, clearing it. Hey, no fair. Rule violation. She frowned, the illusion of ethereal beauty dispelled. Oh, Pooh, you are such a spoilsport. 
I would have stopped before we started the game. Fate's teeth flashed against her olive skin. Have a seat, sis, and stop giving the boys such a hard time. It always takes them longer to acclimate. Her pout turned into a warm smile. Sorry, fellas. I'll play nice. Chance smirked. That'll be a first. He sipped at his scotch. So are we gonna play or what? Fate produced the cards and started to deal. Don't be so impatient. We have all night. Time is on our side. Death finished his Guinness. Well, the old Carter owes it to us. We work hard and deserve an occasional break. He looked at Fate. There was something in her eyes that wasn't right. So how'd you find this hole in the wall, anyway? The easy grin came to her face again. Her smile didn't make it north of her pert nose. This place is something of a science project for me. I've been playing here for a while now. Um, excuse me, folks. All heads turned to a young man in khakis and a jade golf shirt standing in the doorway. Fate spoke first. We're good on drinks, thanks. He smiled and waved his hands. Uh, no, I don't work here. I was wondering if I could join your little game. The entities looked at each other, and Fate nodded her head. Love slid over, making a space between her and Chance. Pull up a chair. You can sit beside me. Thanks. My name's Jeff Richards. He made a small wave. Fate's eyes drilled into Jeff. Well, welcome, Jeff. I'm Chloe. This is Morris, Herman, and Aaron. Death nodded his head. Chance stood and shook hands, and Love winked. Nice to meet you all. He pulled up a chair and asked, So what's the game? Death, now dubbed Morris, reclined a bit in his chair and answered, Dealer's Choice Poker. We just play for the chips, and the winner at the end of the night gets to ask a favor of all the others. It can be just about anything, really, and you have to do it. You game? Jeff looked around at the table, gauging the faces. You guys seem on the up and up. Why not? Chance pushed a stack of chips towards him. So what do you do, Jeff? He raked the pile in front of him and began making even stacks. I'm a grad student. What do you guys do? Death smirked. I guess you could say I'm in the export business. I'll take two cards. He tapped the table in front of him. Chance grinned. I'm between jobs right now. I usually take whatever comes up. Give me four. Four cards slid from his hand face down on the table. Pretty flexible, huh? That's cool. I'm good. Jeff looked at the other two present. What about you, ladies? Love smiled warmly. I'm a massage therapist, poet, entertainer. One, please, sweetie. Kind of a free spirit? Jeff winked. She looked into midair and nodded. Yes, I like that. A free spirit. And dealer takes two. I dabble in the stock market. Futures, mostly. Fate dealt the new cards. Quite a diverse group. I don't recognize any of you from around town. What brings you to Lumiere? Jeff sipped his beer. We've been friends for a long time. We have this poker game periodically, and one of us picks a place. I picked Lumiere this time. Ha, looks like dealer takes it. Straight flush. 
The clatter of chips covered verbal jabs as fate raked them in. She passed the cards to Chance. The first hour passed quickly. Death kept a close eye on the human. There was something about him that stunk. It lurked under that oh-gosh frat boy exterior and made Death's skin tingle uncomfortably. He wasn't the only one that seemed distrustful, either. Every once in a while, fate would shoot her eyes at Jeff in a way that was uncharacteristic. He was finally able to nail it down. The woman was worried. Over the millennium that he'd seen her take on flesh, worry was one emotion foreign to her. Fortunes rose and fell, and the sound of pleasant conversation mixed with the groans and squeals that accompany any good group activity. Well into the second hour, Fate got up and headed towards the restrooms. Death rose to shadow her. He passed his door, and she turned and held out her hand. Sorry, Morris, this is for ladies only. You're not equipped this time. He chuckled darkly. The last few dozen times he'd picked variations on goth chicks. It was a look and a cloak of flesh that he enjoyed. I know, I know. The smile on his face was as false as hers. Is there anything I should know about our fifth wheel out there? What do you mean? Look, sis, you've never been very good at fooling me. We've worked too closely over time. Something's up. I wish you'd just tell me. A tear trembled at the corner of her left eye. She shrugged. I think it's this body. Hormones, you know? No longer than we wear them, it's always hard to get used to being a person. He felt his shoulders tense. With an effort, he shrugged them loose. I guess. Fate took a step toward him, her hand flat on his chest. He relished the contact. It's gonna be okay, Morris. She smiled again. This time, it looked real. I mean, I should know, right? He took her in his arms and hugged her close. She returned the embrace, and they stood there for no more than a score of heartbeats. The constant rhythm, the reminder that they were really alive, thrilled him. So many hearts were stilled in his presence. He liked his job as much as any of the eternal beings could really like the thing that they were made for. But he would give all of that up for more of this. His lips pressed against the crown of her hair. Morris. Her voice was muffled against his shirt. I really do have to pee. He cleared his throat, suddenly thick with unfamiliar emotions. Yeah, okay. You go do that. He smiled uncertainly. See you back at the table. She turned, and he watched her go. If only they had more than one night. But then, how much would be enough? His thoughts returned to the table in advance of his body. One hand brushed the hip pocket of his dark jeans. There was a jade-handled switchblade there. He could take the mortal out easily, even without manifesting his abilities. There was no good reason to, though, and he knew, better than almost anyone, that it simply wasn't Jeff's time. The game resumed when all the players were present at the table. Death worked hard to push his misgivings off to one side and tried to simply enjoy the time. By the end of the night, all of the chips were stacked in front of Jeff neatly and evenly. Well, I guess I'm a better poker player than I thought. Good game, guys. At a nod from the others, Death got up and walked around behind him. 
he made sure that the door separating them from the rest of the bar was closed. Meanwhile, the others got up and surrounded the young grad student. Um, guys, is everything okay? Fate spoke first, the grim look on her face reflected in the faces surrounding Jeff. Everything is fine, Jeff. There's something you have to know about us. I'm afraid we haven't been completely honest. Jeff's face flushed, and he began to stand. It's all right, guys. Not like we're playing for money or anything, right? And that favors thing, well, you, you can just... Death hissed. Silence, mortal. Remain seated. The young man sat back down. Now, there's no need to be so rough to... I mean, Morris. Aaron chided the man in black. Mortal? D death? <laughs> what the hell's going on here? He stood. This was just a card game for crying out loud. Love's crimson-nailed hand rested lightly on his shoulder. Easy, Jeff. It's okay. She nodded at her companions, and they let some of their essence shine through. Chance looked at Jeff and smiled warmly. You are in a very good spot, son. You own favors from four of the most powerful forces in the universe. Jeff returned his smile. It was a sickly thing. Well, I guess I was right. Let's see if I've got this straight. I know Morris is deaf. Chloe must be one of the fates. The lovely redhead is love, and you must be luck? Chance, actually. The fat man's brow furrowed. Death stood there impassively. His thumb was hooked in his hip pocket and brushed the jade handle. Somehow he felt like it would be more satisfying to handle this the mortal way, rather than reaching out and taking his life force prematurely be damned. He would have, too, were he not bound by the agreement they had to pay the winner. More packed than promise, failing to deliver wasn't an option. How did you know? Well, I wasn't sure until you showed yourselves. I knew about your game. In fact, that's what my thesis is on. My father's library contains some rather obscure documents that have been passed down in my family for centuries. I found them when I was in high school and have done a considerable amount of research since then. Love cocked her head. What sort of research? Jeff's smile broadened, and an odd gleam appeared in his eye. The meat of it's not really that important. It did require some travel. Tibet, Egypt, Machu Picchu, a rather obscure little university in Massachusetts. But it told me all I needed to know. You see, I want more than a little favor. I want your essence. Like a conjurer playing a trick, he opened his hand and blew a fine dust into the room. Tiny motes danced in the air and coalesced on the four beings. They all fell to their knees screaming, and energy flowed from them into a small pentacle now hanging free from around Jeff's neck. He began to laugh. It was a laugh that owed more to the madhouse than the funhouse. Death struggled to get to his feet, managing to get the switchblade out as he stood. The pain was immense and something completely alien to him. It was followed by a bizarre sense of being completely empty. What did you do to us? I told you, I took your essence. Love stood slowly. What does that mean? Her voice trembled. 
It means that you're mortals, just like me. Morris lunged, the knife blade springing out as he moved. I'm going to wipe that smug look off your face. Jeff moved faster with an athlete's sure grace. A loud smack reverberated in the room, followed by the sound of the knife sliding across the floor. A glowing red handprint appeared on Morris's face. Ow! You hurt me! Ow! He placed his hand on the spot where Jeff had hit him and felt the heat radiating from it. Get used to the pain and everything that goes with it. From the floor, Chance asked, Why? How? Death had seen his share of heart attack victims, and the fat man was teetering on the edge. Of course, if he was right, there would be no dying for anyone for a while. Jeff's own face was pinking up, and he panted. Well, for the why, you can ask Miss Chloe. The three looked at Chloe, who still sat on the floor with her hands covering her face. Her muffled voice leaked out around her fingers. We deserved it. It's our destiny. Jeff practically glowed. That's right. You four have royally screwed up this whole deal. Just look at my life as an example. A stray bullet killed my fiancé. My mother's been married four times. The only time I've ever won anything was tonight. I have a brother that can't feed or dress himself. I got tired of seeing all the pain you've caused and decided to take matters into my own hands. My research into the old ones told me how to end your reigns. Death snorted in derision. So you think you can do our job better? The hubris of these mortals shouldn't surprise him anymore. Jeff looked at him. Your job? You guys are just personifications, figureheads. Those elder forces I talked about created you to pick up some slack to give them a little break. They'll return to the old ways of doing things for a while. The old ways? Herman stood up. And how long is a while? That's right, the old ways of doing business. Don't know what that means exactly, but it can't be any worse than your present ways. As for how long, the spell should last for a couple of decades, at least. His bravado diminished. You don't have a clue. Death shook his head. The forces that this young man had mucked about in would result in a worse fate than he could have handed out an hour ago. No, I don't have all the details, I'll admit that. Jeff took a deep breath, and the gleam came back. Doesn't matter, though, and hey, it won't be all bad. Think of it as penance. You'll get to see what it's like to be powerless, one of us poor meat sacks. In the end, you'll get your old jobs back. Might even let you off early if you behave. He laughed that horrible <laughs> laugh again. Death balled his fist and took a few steps forward. I should finish you. You're welcome to try. Jeff held his hands level with his chest. Electricity arced between his fingertips. No one moved. No? Well, my work here is done. You take care. Jeff walked out, with the four people staring at his back in disbelief. It was silent in the room, save for Chloe's quiet sobs. After a while, her shaky voice came back. I'm so sorry. I saw it coming, and there was no other option. It was out of my hands. First time in, well, ever. She started crying again. Morris helped her to her feet. 
They were all humans now, and his brain already adapted to think of them by their adopted names. His eyes were softened. It's okay, sis, really. He hugged her and looked over her head at Herman. That boy doesn't know what he's done. The fat man shook his head. Nope, but he'll find out soon enough. You don't mess with the old ones. Aaron spoke up. So, did we deserve it? Did we really mess up that bad? It was Morris's turn to shake his head. No, sis. I think we've done the best job we could, but times change. If it really is time for the old ones to come back, there's not much we could have done. He held out his other arm, and the still beautiful woman snuggled in. Herman came up and patted Morris on the shoulder. Well, it looks like we'll be staying here a while. I think I saw the vacancy sign on at the Hickory Motel on my way into town. The four walked out into the new morning, facing a world blissfully unaware of the changes just wrought upon it. Morris smiled. It wouldn't be that bad, really. He had gotten what he wished for, even if there'd be hell to pay. Scott Roche craves only caffeine and the clacking of keys. He pays his bills doing the grunt work no one else wants to take, bringing dead electronics back to life and working arcane wonders with software. His true passion is hammering out words that become anything from tales that terrify to futuristic worlds of wonder. All that and turning three children into a private mercenary army make for a life filled with adventure. And that was our story. I'll tell you what, for someone who's never done any of this for, that was an undertaking, but one that I thoroughly enjoyed. I'm looking forward to doing a lot more of these main ingredient stories. You're going to hear Aaron and Theo again, I guarantee it. Um, they both seem to have a good blast recording all this, too. We are going to take a quick break for a promo for another podcast or awesome audiobook. Have you heard of the Roundtable Podcast? Here's how it works. We invite authors onto the show. Welcome to the big chair at the Roundtable, Sherry Priest, Tim Pratt, Gail Carriger, Seanan McGuire, Patrick Rothfuss. We ask them questions. What an excellent question. You know, no one's ever asked me that question before. Uh, these are great questions, by the way. Wow, no one's asked me that before. Then we invite writers on to present a story idea. The genre of this story is a fantasy set in a space-like setting. It's a superhero western. It's a steampunk, dieselpunk fusion just because of the timeline that it's in. There's a supernatural horror story with just a bit of a detective thriller peppered into it. And then we workshop the story. You're going to know what your ending is when you know what your conflict is. Brian, I like your, I like your Sopranos meets mm -hmm. Iron Punk meets Rome meets psychotic future killers. I think that's that's a, a great mashup. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense and I can't believe I hadn't thought of that. Sure. I think I think that's that's a must. I love that idea. And everyone leaves in a state of writerly bliss. You guys have given me so much to work with right now. It's ridiculous. And <laughs> the ideas that I've gotten out of this today, there's just there's the gears are just running I've, I've <laughs> spending this time with you guys has made it a whole lot more likely that this will get written the round table podcast check us out on itunes stitcher radio or at our website www.roundtablepodcast.com the round table podcast literary alchemy one podcast at a time and we're back 
I hope you enjoyed that story. I know I certainly enjoyed recording it and doing the lots of editing involved. I am still learning all of this podcasting stuff, and I know that I have a lot of friends out there who are podcasters and have been doing this for years. So if you have noticed anything that needs to be brought to my attention, anything that is needs to be fixed, please, please let me know. The only way I'm going to get better at this is if you tear me a new one. So please, let me know how to make this podcast better. I realized I never mentioned in episode zero how often you can look forward to episodes of the Melting Podcast. To start out, I plan to just take things light, put out episodes just on the first of every month. As things go on, if I start getting more submissions and can do more Stoke the Fire episodes, then you may start to see it twice a month or maybe even every other week. We'll see what happens. A lot of this is up to you guys, just sending stuff in for me to record and read. I'm just going to close out this episode by letting you know our next episode will be a Stoke the Fire episode. For those of you who haven't listened to episode zero, Stoke the Fire episodes are flash fiction, two or three stories per episode, all based on the same prompt. Both of our prompts are currently open for submissions. I'm going to go ahead and just give those to you. Prompt number one is a servant is asked to do something out of the ordinary. And prompt number two is a common household object isn't what it seems. If you're interested in writing something and sending it our way, you can go to themeltingpodcast.com for submission guidelines. Um, there's going to be more information on exactly where to submit things at the end of the show. And for now, I'm just going to go ahead and leave this. So thank you very much for listening. Keep eating and keep writing. Thank you for listening to The Melting Podcast. You can find our website with submission guidelines and current prompts at themeltingpodcast.com. Find us on Twitter at Melting Podcast or email us at themeltingpodcast at gmail.com. The Melting Podcast is released under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license, which means you're free to copy it and share it, as long as you don't change it, don't sell it, and always link back to the website. Sound effects are from the Free Sound Project, and the music is by Drew Rich Creek. <laughs>